This next writing of Father McHugh's is another of my very, very favorites. It is a fable for children of every age. And it is called A Lesson on the Frogs of the Nile. Of frolicsome frogs, I sing. You know, 2,000 moons and a half ago, in the days when the earth was young. But of course you don't. So I must tell the strangest tale that ever befell. Your fortune to hear or labor to spell. The strangest that ever was sung. Well, as I remarked, 2,000 moons before the invention of pantaloons in the long, long time ago, in Africa's climb, near the Nihilus head, in the deepest, warmest, sunniest bed of blackest mud, where trod the dread, hippopotamus, heavy and slow. The frogs, tis said, in happiness dwelt, nor want, nor sorrow, nor danger felt, nor tribulation, nor care, for peace and plenty reigned supreme in the village beside the Nihilus stream, and all was sweet as an infant's dream, and just as bewitchingly fair. But now to my tale. It chanced one day, in the beautiful, bountiful month of May, the frogs prepared a feast, and all the frogs to the banquet came, the young and the old, the blind and the lame, Seven thousand and seven, to answer by name, from north, south, west, and east. Miss Fanny Frog was queen of May, and sat on a dais of daisies gay, a froglin, bewitching and mild. So modest she was, so winning and sweet, with mouth parabolic and long-toed feet. But alas... She was quite an utter astete, and doted on Oscar Wilde. With mirth and song, for frogs can sing, if your ear is trained to catch the thing. They passed that happy day. They flirted, danced, drank lemonade, devoured ice cream. But, I'm afraid, a slight anachronism's made in this don't mind it. Pray. The games were o'er, and the jovial sun, his daily course had almost run, and evening came apace, when entering at the western gate, where the gray-bearded frogs of the city sate, a stranger's form was seen, and, great heavens, a stranger's face. Good people, he cried as with features benign, he gazed on that frolicsome, festive and fine, phalanx of flatulent frogs. I wonder, indeed, that a nation so wise, as I know you to be, by your luminous eyes, should so much its own advantage despise, in never attempting its laws to revise, 
in order above its condition to rise, and equal, forsooth, the Lord of the skies. You're happy, I grant, but there's still a thing you sadly want, and that's a king. Here rose a shout from the croaking crowd, and then, in a voice more clear and loud, the stranger continued, they say, Then offer to Jove this just behest, tonight before you retire to rest. O Jupiter, Father, pull down your vest, and send us a king, we pray. This stranger was Domini discontent, yet his speech they applauded and gave consent to the awful proposal he made. And then, with the usual three times three, they all hopped off to the sacred tree of the frogs and there on bended knee, for a king unto Jupiter prayed. When Jupiter heard their nonsensical prayer, to one of his wives, he said, I declare, this beats the worst Newfoundland fog. Still, allow me to laugh. It's an excellent joke. He opened a door in the sky as he spoke and sent to the frogs, all enveloped in smoke, a king in the guise of a log. It struck the Nile and the frogs amazed. A while on their heaven-sent monarch gazed, unable to murmur kachog. Till finally one, more bold than the rest, audaciously jumped on the reverend breast of his king, then cried, May I be blessed if this here isn't a log. Then rose to heaven a piercing scream from that village Beside the Nihilist stream, a cry of resentment and hate. Great Jove, beware, treat not as a jest, thy suppliant servants just behest. Tis not becoming thy state. But send us a king ere we rebel, and join the rival forces of, well, the region is over the sticks. Yes, send us a terrible overseer, a mighty king whom we shall fear, and quit your puerile tricks. When Mercury brought this blasphemous prayer to the ruler of earth and sea and air, as he sat in his wonderful golden chair, or looking the worlds in space, Jove muttered something much like a curse and cried, those frogs are so perverse. Tis meet that we, the crowd, disperse. And a grin crept over his face. Then, taking a stork about half fed, I ween in the marshes of Tewkesbury bread, he sent it as king to the frogs and said, Now I should complacently smile. But why with my tale need I further go? The sequel the youngest among you know. In just a week from that day or so, 
there was not a frog in the Nile.